Hi, everybody, and welcome to AQ's Blog and Grill. Today, we have the godfather of content marketing with us, Joe Polizzi. And Joe, I'm serious, this guy has set up the Content um, Marketing Institute. Uh, he lives, if you can believe it, in Cleveland, Ohio. And are there still any sports teams in Cleveland, uh, Joe? Oh, oh, the basketball guys, right? Yeah, LeBron something or other, yeah. <laughs> but football, no. Pro football left Cleveland 20 years ago and never came back. But in any case, <laughs> Joe is an author, he's an entrepreneur, he um, is a really smart guy, and we're really pleased to have Joe here today. And he's just finished uh, a new book, a new bestseller, called Content Inc. Thanks for joining us, Joe. Oh, it's, it's great to be here. And you're right about, you know, I'm a season, Brown season ticket holder. So I can vouch for the fact that I go there every Sunday and I haven't seen a team play for quite a while. <laughs> but we're hoping for next year. We always hope for next, next year. Next year, absolutely. Now, Joe, you had kind of an interesting start into the whole content marketing field. You were working as an executive at a publishing company and then with two children, and you decided that you were going to open your own business without a product. That's exactly right. Yeah, I spent my first seven years at a company called Pent Media, uh, largest independent business to business publisher. And I ran the, uh, well, the custom media or content marketing unit. So we would help, you know, big business to business brands understand how to tell better stories through magazines, newsletters, webinars, social, and then into social media and whatnot. But I always had this itch that I wanted to start my own business and, uh, you know, you know, launched the business in 2007 and oh, good timing economically by the way yeah it was the first couple of years i gotta tell you were tough as you would probably imagine but basically the first two years all we were doing was, was building an audience uh, we were targeting enterprise marketers who had an interest in content and you know how to distribute that content social media search and whatnot and i was blogging every day trying to build an audience to that and we you know we didn't have a product uh that was working until we got to about 10,000 email subscribers and then it all changed as we decided to start launching our products based on what our audience's needs were. And so this whole business model evolved where, hey, we might have something here where if you actually build an audience and you understand them better than anyone else and they know like and trust you, then you can start to launch products and services against that. And of course, that's what Content Inc., the new book, is about. And we've got dozens and dozens of case studies from all across the world that talk about the same thing. Yeah, and, and you've been named uh, for several years by Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine as being one of the fastest growing uh, media companies in North America. Yeah, we, you know what? It's interesting. Ever since, The first couple of years, as you noted, it was a little tough with the, the great uh, recession. But, you know, once we came out of that in 2010, you know, content marketing really became a thing. Maybe we had a little bit to do with that. Uh, but it's just amazing how many, you know, these marketers wanted to get together. So we put on events and they needed more training. So we had training in a, our magazine and we do all kinds of things like a media company uh, would do. And it's been, you know, obviously it's worked out uh, fairly well, but it's amazing. I guess the whole point is once you build an audience that knows, likes and trusts you, I firmly believe that you can, you can actually sell them whatever you want because they do trust you. Obviously, you don't want to hurt that trust. You want to launch things that make sense to them and what they ask for. Right. But we just kept going back to our audience and they just keep telling us, here's what we need. And we kept launching those products and services for them. Yeah, that's excellent. Now, um, in one of your first chapters, you mentioned, it is in the first chapter, you mentioned uh, reading Stephen Covey and Napoleon Hill. 
uh, and that it was a very positive kind of influence on you. Can you share why those two guys in particular were important to you? Well, you know, the, the Stephen Covey, uh, you know, Think and Grow Rich uh, by Napoleon Hill, Grant Cardone and the 10X Rule. You know, for me as an entrepreneur, those three books were super important uh, because it got me to formulate my daily practice of actually writing down all my goals in particular areas, like what are my career goals, family goals, philanthropic goals, writing those down actually in a, in a, a notebook, and I have it right over here, right. and then reviewing those on a daily basis. And the whole point about the first chapter of the book is, look, this whole thing about building an audience and having a successful business is not going to work for you unless you have your goals straight and what's important in your life. So that's why I put that as the first chapter in the book, because I want people to read this and say, look, what's, a, what's your passion? What's important to you? Let's focus on that first, and then we'll get into the business stuff. Yeah, good stuff. I, I've, I've just recently read the book. I really enjoyed it, and it is great how you did engineer uh, a journey uh, through right till, the, right till the last chapter. I was learning stuff as I went along, and I'm pretty much a know-it-all, so I, you know, it was, <laughs> so it was, anybody disagree with that? I don't hear anybody, no? Oh, all right, fine. <laughs> well, what's, what's interesting about that is, is that, you know, we just went to all these uh, successful businesses out there that did build an audience first, and, and we said, well, how did they become these multimillionaires? How did we, they become these really successful, you know, businesses? And we just reverse engineered it. You know, you say engineered, we reverse engineered it. And we said, look, they all follow the same six steps. And I think that's what was interesting because most of us start out at this happy accident. I mean, even with me, mm -hmm. it was a happy accident. Right. Did we really know what we were doing? We had an idea, mm -hmm. but we didn't have a model to follow. Right. But now we have a model to follow because they all did the same six steps. And I think that's what's that's amazing great. about it. And, and you emphasize those six steps throughout the book. And, and I think that's another really valuable thing because now I can go back and look at a specific section that I feel I need some help with. Now, where I could use some help, and maybe some of our viewers could use some help, is on sure. the, um, the, the, the content tilt and, and making yourself sure. different and differentiated. How, can you explain a little bit about that process? So the, step two, and you, you picked out a good one because that's the most important area. And it's the whole idea of I'm creating all this content, but am I telling a different story? And I just did a small wor a workshop for a bunch of small businesses, and there are about 50 of them in the room. And I said, look, let's just stop right here. You're all creating email newsletters. You're all doing social media. Um, you're creating all kinds of content. Are you really telling a differentiated story? None of them were. They actually admitted to me, like, no, we're not. We're, we're creating content that's just like everything else out there, and that's 99% of businesses out there. That's ne You're never going to cut through the clutter. So the idea with the content tilt is, how do I give myself a fighter's chance to actually break through all that clutter out there and tell something that's really, really different? Like, how am I looking at that content in a different way? And that means a couple different things. First of all, really focusing on the core audience. Like, if you're creating content for more than one audience at a time, you're already you're not going to be successful. It's not going to work. It's going to be irrelevant because you got to water it down to make it relevant for everyone. So, and then what is that content niche that you're focusing on? And I'd like to look at it this way. Uh, are you really focusing on an area where you could be the leading informational expert in, in the world in that particular content niche? If not, you've got a problem. So if you said, let's say pet supplies, for example, 
let's say, uh, oh, I'm a pet supplies company, I'm going to do a blog on pet supplies. I'm going to say, well, I think some little companies like Petco and PetSmart with billion-dollar budgets, budgets are going to not give you a chance to break through the clutter. What if you were a pet supplies company that targeted pet owners, specifically dog owners that like to travel with their pets in recreational vehicles in an area of, let's say, southeast Florida? Mm-hmm. You're going to say, whoa, is, is that niche? I'm going to say, no, that's right. That's what we have to do to focus on that because if you go broad, you'll never be able to break through. You have to go really small to go big. Right, and I guess that leads somewhat back to your your job at at the publisher, which was the custom publishing, uh, which has the flavor of narrow casting to a very specific group who actually think it's relevant to them. We can't afford not to be super targeted with our information today. Right. There's just, as you know, I mean, every day, how many blogs, probably since we've been talking, there's probably another 1,000 million blog posts that are out there, another you know, 10 million videos. I don't know how many. It's crazy. So how are we going to cut through all that clutter? You better really focus on what the audience's pain points are, what's keeping them up at night, and you have to solve that better than anyone else. And because there's all this going on, you've really got to get focused. And I think that's what, where most large businesses or small businesses, they just try to go broad and they think, oh, okay, I don't want to leave myself out of opportunities right. and I want to create a bigger audience, but you can't dominate any area. It's just so watered down, it'll never work. Yeah. Great. Now, chapter 17 the um, is on social media integration and you chose a quote, which I think is very, uh, certainly resonated with me and I think other people who want to really do good content marketing. And that is a quote from Simon, uh, Mainwaring, who is the uh, We First branding uh, guy, and you say social media is not about the exploitation of technology, but service to the community, which to me just seems so important. And then you go on to talk about it in 17. So what was your inspiration there? Well, I, I mean, that, that, that quote really sums up the entire chapter well, because we talk in that whole chapter, we talk about how can you serve your audience as, I mean, basically, you want to be a utility. Mm-hmm. You want to be useful. It's never about you. So we even talk about in it's one of the exercises in the book about this uh, 411 mentality. And that means, let's say that you're uh, posting something on Twitter. So for every six tweets that you send out, 411, one can be uh, something about your products and services. One can be your content, your blog post, uh, your amazing podcast, whatever the case is. Uh, and then one, one of those is... Uh, that the four of those, that's four people's information that you're sharing, that you're actually building a community, that they're sharing something relevant to your audience, but you're really being inclusive. And that's how you build these relationships, these networks that really work well. And I think if you're just sharing stuff that's from you all the time, or you're talking about your products and services, it's not going to work. Right. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about our stuff. <laughs> they only care about themselves. Sure. So you better be solving those pain points in everything you do. Yeah. I mean, what's the old line that the people are tuned into the most popular radio station in the world, which is WIIFM? What's in it for me? Uh, which doesn't make them selfish or self centered. It just makes them self enlightened and they know how much time they have. And That's everything, right? I mean, that's, that's, if we focus, and that's, that's why most content breaks down that we send out as businesses because we want to share our stuff about our products and services. But because consumers can ignore us at will, yeah. you have to you have to create something they care about. So if it's about your products and services, they don't care about it, you're going to be ignored. There you go. Okay. So, Joe, what's the difference in, in, in your mind between social media and content marketing? Is there a split between those things? Are they together? Oh, I, 
social media, don't get me wrong, can be great. You can set up listening posts there. It's great for research. But if you don't have a content marketing strategy that focuses on a particular audience that actually adds value, what are you going to put in through the pipes of social media? All right. Social media doesn't work without having something substantive to say. Right. And I, that's the problem where, in, let's say, you know, when I, I, know I was around for this, it was 2005 to 2009, like the big heyday as social media started to grow. Everyone was focused on the pipes, but nobody focused on what went into those pipes. Right. And now they're all coming back saying, oh my gosh, we actually have to have something important to say. Yeah. The pipes don't work unless you have something yeah. in them. Good so. show. Well, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's been on the show and, and Gary says something very wise and blustery, of course, uh, which is uh, if content is king, context is God. I would give it, well, I can't disagree with yeah. anything Gary's. <laughs> well, Gary it wouldn't said. do us any good. But he would say it. He would say it much more excited than I was, and I'm sure he had his hands <laughs> yes. going on about and doing and doing his thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but you're right. I mean, it, co content without reaching the, the right person at the right time in the right situation doesn't make any right. sense at all. So that's what we have to really, that's why if you focus everything on building audience and really serving that audience, it's gotta be much better than starting out with, I've gotta sell more widgets. Yeah. How do I use content to do right. that? It, really what we want to say is, who's our audience and how do we serve that audience? Right. And then maybe if we do that really well, they'll be open to our there products we go. and services. Now you did a blog post recently on uh, predictions for 2016 and, and content marketing. Um, for, it was the CMI 40 plus post. Yep. And, and you predicted three things before you opened it up to, to the other experts. Um, can you remember what those three things were that you were forecasting for 2016? Uh, let's see. I, I think one was we are going to be more on quality, less on quantity. Yep. Um, but the other one I know for sure, you have to, I forgot about the one. The other one is I really think there's going to be a trend that uh, brands start buying media companies yes. and blogging sites. And I really think that, that, that over the next two to five years, we are all going to be surprised, except for you and I that we're talking about it right now. Yeah. So there's, they're going to be surprised that all these media companies are going to get started, bought in by non-media companies. Mm -hmm. And it's it's going to happen whether we like it or not. I'm not saying it's good or bad. Right. I'm just saying it's going to happen. Yeah. And, and, and the whole idea of native advertising is just going to become bigger. I'm not sure it's going to become better. Well... If I'm in, if I'm looking at native advertising and I'm a brand that might buy some, I'm looking all in. I'm saying, oh my gosh, I've got these media companies that are opening up their gates. They've never offered these things before. I mean, we went from zero to 75% of publishers offering native advertising programs in the last five years. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So from that standpoint, you're like, I'm a brand. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to try to steal their audience. I'm going to try to get as much attention as I can on those platforms. And in some cases, I feel bad about this, but in some cases, those media brands are really going to get hurt because they're not going to look at the quality of that content. Brands don't care about what happens to that media company, and it's really, really going to hurt yeah. some of those media brands. But if I'm if I'm a B2B or B2C company, I'm looking at it as, yes, I should look at into this. And if I'm a publisher, I would be very wary to give up all my credibility and say, oh yeah, sure, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Company, you can come in and say whatever you want on my platform. Right. You have to look at it the way Wall Street Journal and New York Times does. They have very strict guidelines yes. for their native advertising. And and if, if you don't in your media company, you're gonna be in trouble. Yeah, wow. Um, so what's next, Joe? What you, I mean, you've written Content Inc. So 
This is fabulous. Thank you. But what's next? Well, I do have, you know, I do, I do have a goal to write a book every two years. Okay. That's book Great. number four. And so I've got to, I've got to write a book in 2017. Uh, I'll probably be my first fiction novel. Wow. And I'm, I've already started working on it. And, uh, but I'm, you know, I want to do something different from that end. But, but honestly, my work is not done. I mean, I, I travel about 120, 130 days a year. Wow. And I, and I basically, I'm, I'm speaking to crowds all about content marketing. And because the success rate, the effectiveness rate for content marketing is still extremely low. I've got a lot of work to do. It's obviously not working. I got to keep getting out there and talking to marketers about what they need to do a little bit better. So hopefully they'll keep, you'll read the book and they'll listen and whatever, because I feel bad that so many companies are doing this and they're not finding success. I think there is a right way to do it, but I just, they're just not getting that information yet. Well, you're a tremendous evangelist for good content marketing. So thank you. And I know you put on a great conference uh, in Cleveland uh, once a year. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's Toronto. Believe Cleveland. it or not, Cle yeah, Cleveland, Ohio. It's a, it'll be our sixth year in Cleveland. Uh, wow. Content Marketing World, uh, September sixth through ninth, and uh, we're expecting over four thousand this year. Wow! And it gets such rave reviews, and you, you have great speakers and and really great content. So I'm looking forward to attending uh, this coming uh, September. So, Joe, thank you very Wonderful. much for, uh, for joining us today on AQ's Blog and Grill. Folks, listeners, viewers, get out there, buy this book. I bought it on my Kindle, and I have the hard copy because I like to write in the margins. So, Joe, thanks again, awesome. and perhaps we'll talk to you soon. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay. Appreciate it. Please drop by and see us again at AQ's Blog and Grill, where we have some more great guests coming your way. Hughes Blog and Grill.